Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Once every millennium something will come along. When you feel it you will know it cause it's coming on strong. That thing, that thing, that thing. Sit back, relax, deep breaths, no stress, let me come inside your mind. I promise you it won't take long, the change will happen soon, you will feel something so special growing deep within you. That thing, that thing, that thing. Hi, welcome to episode, what is this, 14 of That Thing with James J. Asher II. That's me! I'm doing another solo episode. Uh, try to get some guests in here. Didn't try too hard, clearly, so it's just you and me again, baby. You and me. You and me. Let's play a little more. I feel like plucking around. Let's pluck this chicken, huh? Let's pluck it. Fuck it. Let's pluck it. All right. There you go. For those of you left watching and or listening, uh, this has been a, a musical past few days. I, I went to see a show that I never, ever thought I would get to see. Since the early 2010s, since about 2013, I have been a fan of a, a genius musical artist named... Conan Moccasin. Conan Moccasin is from New Zealand. Um, if the stuff that I've researched is right, that would be Wikipedia. He's from a place called Tarawanga. 
It's a Maori word for sure. I, I imagine in a Kiwi accent it would be pronounced Taronga. Taronga? Taronga, New Zealand? Yee. Well, this guy, Conan Moccasin, I've been a fan of his since, like I said, 2013, and I've been tracking his tour dates over the past few years, and I couldn't find anything about him ever being in Austin um, or anywhere near Texas. It seemed like every place he went was somewhere on the coasts, the bigger cities in, in the United States and around the world. He's an international indie sensation. Uh, people have been asking me to describe Conan Moccasin's music. Um, people that I've told about. Uh, I've told these people about Conan Moccasin. They don't. They haven't heard of him. They haven't listened to him. And they want to know how I would describe him. And I'm. I, I could never really. And I still can't really describe what he's like. It's kind of like Prince. You can't. There's only one Prince. Prince is his own thing. Conan Moccasin is kind of like that. And he's kind of like Prince in that he's got. Conan Moccasin is like his own gender. Uh, and the show, at the live show, I, f I finally got to see him in a live show this past Thursday. The man just oozed so much charisma. He has taken the number one spot in my favorite live music acts that I've seen thus far. Number one was Man Man. However, I have not seen Man Man in a number of years, as they haven't been on tour and they haven't really had any reason to be on tour, but they haven't been on tour. And uh, they used to be my number one spot, uh, especially the first time I saw them around 20, I'd say 2014, maybe. Uh, at the same location that I saw Conan Moccasin this past Thursday at a place on Red River called downtown called uh, Mohawk. All of my the bands that I'm interested in seeing always seem to be playing at the Mohawk. So Mohawk is my favorite venue in Austin, music venue, and, uh, well, man, man, you gotta come back, you gotta come back and reclaim that number one spot, because Conan Moccasin came in and just charmed everyone's pants off. During the show, I believe he may have mentioned that this was his second time in Austin. Either way, it was the first time for me, and it was definitely pretty early for him. It was him, a dude on keyboard, synths, and a drummer. So it was a three-piece band, and it was like hanging out in someone's living room. The vibe was just super chill. Uh, the band even set up a just like a, a door, some kind of like wood plank on a couple chairs or on top of some amp boxes on the, on the back of the stage. And they had a few uh, liquor bottles back there and their little mixed drinks. And they would play a tune and jam and then go back and take a sip. And Conan, you know, someone had to run to the bathroom or something. And Conan would say, hold on, we need to reset. The guys need to reset. And so they would they'd take a moment and step back and just take a few sips, crack a joke with each other, and then come back and play some more music for, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, and then go back. It was a whole jam thing. Now back to how, how would I describe Conan Moccasin to somebody? It's like um, blues. I, I'd say it was pretty bluesy. It was really, it's like blues, jazz fusion on a whole lot of acid. That's about how I would describe it. It's, 
you got to check it out. Conan Moccasin, if you're not familiar with it. It's spelled C-O-N-N-A-N. That's Conan. And then Moccasin. M-O-C-K-S-I-N. Conan Moccasin. Check it out. A lot of people know him from his, his big album called uh, Forever Dolphin Love. Forever Dolphin Love. Uh, 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 oh. Great music. Uh, and it was a great show. And I actually ran into some people, uh, a, a lady that I didn't know that I knew. So I got to the show pretty early because I, I used this app uh, to buy the ticket. And the app said, you know, this show starts at 8 p.m. So I got there a little bit before 8 p.m. And I look at the signs and it's like, oh, shit, the opener doesn't even, the doors open at 8. Usually doors open at 7.30, but no, the doors open at 8. The oh, fucking bugs, bugs are getting in here. Spiders have been getting in here. It's a spider house right now. Uh, the doors opened at 8. The opener started at 9. And the opener was the guy on the keyboards and synths. Uh, and he was really good, too. I can't remember his name, but I'd heard his music before once he started playing it. Kind of meditative music. And he talked about being uh, in the rainforest. And uh, I guess, I don't know, with some kind of shaman or something. And he was inspired by the, the life of the forest and made this music that he made. And it was very nice, very chill, ethereal sounding music. God, I don't remember the guy's name. I don't feel like looking it up right now. But yeah, the opener, and he ended up playing with Conan. So I guess they're torn around together. And then Conan went on at uh, 10 p.m. and played until midnight. And it was a fucking awesome show, man. Well, while I was there early, I stopped and sat at the bar, got myself a beer and a shot. And I was just chilling, killing time. And I saw this blonde lady who's probably, I guess, I'd have to guess she's about my age. I saw her and she looked somewhat familiar. And she looked at me too. And there was, you know, just a split second where we just kind of looked at each other and then looked away. And I was like, I probably don't know this woman. She looks familiar, but I probably don't know her. Well, apparently she was having that exact same thought process about me because once the doors opened up and I went out, the venue has, you know, it's got the ground floor by the stage and then it's got a few different levels you can walk up. And I I was just walking around the levels while people were coming into the place and, you know, there was still an hour to kill before any of the music started. And that blonde lady's there with a couple of her girlfriends and... She calls out and says, hey, do I know you? Because I was kind of walking near her area. She said, hey, do I know you? And I said, I think maybe because you look sort of familiar. So we went over. I can't remember her name right now. If if you, madam, are watching or listening or if someone that was there at the time is watching or listening, I'm sorry. I forgot your name again. I, I, I remember your face till the day I die, but I forgot your name already. But we had worked together, it turns out. I had done some Dell commercial that she was working on a couple years ago or so, and 
I feel like I've worked on more stuff with her before. She was on the production side of, of things. And so I sat down and uh, just kind of hung out with them, uh, hung out with her and her girlfriends. So that was my hangout group. So I went to this concert alone. And that's usually how these things turn out. I just usually end up going to shows alone. It's nothing to be sad about. I, I kind of like it. It's nice. I go out alone. And every single time I go out, I always just somehow end up hanging out with strangers or running into people that I know. In this case, it was a little bit of both. I ran into someone I knew and um, became acquainted with her, her girlfriends who were strangers to me. And then we're not strangers anymore. And we're all friends. And they were all on the production side of production shit in Austin. And so we all talked. And uh, yeah, it was my little running crew for the night. Really interesting stuff. Really interesting stuff. Have I lost you yet? Because I'm, I'm boring myself with this story. Um, so at the last, at the end of last episode, I mentioned that I had a gig coming up the next week. Well, this is that next week that I mentioned. It was a gig for a company that I'm not going to say the name of because I don't know. They didn't have me sign a non-disclosure agreement or anything, but I don't want to push it. But it's a delivery service, It's and it's an app. So I did a commercial for them. Uh, I worked a couple different days, um, and it was a couple different stories for these two shoots. I shot on a Monday, and I shot on Wednesday at two separate locations, and I played two separate characters at both times. And I got to work with some people that I knew already that I've worked with before. Not the blonde lady that I ran into at the concert, though. I worked with some people I knew, met some new people. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. I don't really know what to talk about. I was kind of hoping to have a guest today. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe, maybe I can think of something to talk about. Let's see here. What can I, what can I talk about? What would be interesting right now? Uh, Moon Tower Comedy Fest is going on right now. I have not gone to see any of it. I, I almost went to see a an acquaintance of mine perform at the Paramount Theater uh, downtown on, on Congress last night. But the show was at 11. It was 20 bucks. And it's like, dude, I've been running around for the past two weeks, spending a lot more money than I usually do, which is fine. It's something I need to do. And I don't have to spend money to go out and, you know, I've been getting a little bit more money than usual coming in because of this commercial gig so that's that's nice so i felt okay going out and doing things but these past two weeks have been pretty active for me just getting out of the house doing different things which is nice and it's something that i've really needed uh over the past year and some change uh, my for my day job i've been working from home thank god it's it's a part-time gig um but I get to do it from home now, and that started last year. So over the year of working from home, I didn't realize until this year, until the past few months, that, holy shit, I'm going stir-crazy. I'm home all the time. I'm not going out, and I'm just kind of going nuts. And so I've been meaning this year to get out and do different things. And, well, this um, I've been slowly pushing myself to do different things and, and get out of the house. And these past two weeks have been a lot of getting out, 
uh, and, and just a living life. And it's really nice. I feel a lot better. I feel a lot less crazy, a lot less stir crazy. I feel a lot more relaxed. I feel comfortable. The weather's nice. It's perfect outside. I've got the window open. It's sunshiny. It's warm. It's like what? I don't know, 80 degrees or something, which used to be when I first moved to Texas, it was hot as hell. But now 80 degrees is like just, oh man, that's a nice warm feeling. It doesn't feel too hot. Yeah, I'm sticky. Yeah, I'm sweaty. Yeah, I'm stinky. Yeah, I have not turned on the air conditioner today just because it's noisy and I don't feel like it. I feel like being a stinky boy. I feel like being a greasy boy. A stinky, greasy boy on a pretty day. Ooh, 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 what do you say? Yeah, so at the first day of the shoot for this commercial uh, on Monday, I was talking to this dude named Aaron, and turns out that he was on a, a little show called Friday Night Lights. I've personally never seen it, but I know a bunch of people have seen it. It was a pretty big hit show, and it was a big deal here in Austin because it was filmed here in Austin. And this guy, he was one of the regular characters on the show. And so I talked to him, and he was a really cool dude, and I was talking to him about uh, stand-up. He said that he does stand-up now, and he's been doing it for several years, and he loves it. And I told him that I've been meaning to do it, and he said, well... What are you waiting for? And I said, honestly, I'm just nervous. It's just fear is why I haven't started doing it yet. I'm just kind of afraid of not being funny. I don't feel confident in my joke writing ability. I, I, I'm better at telling stories and then finding jokes in a moment. And he said, that's fine. That's what I do. That's what like most people do. It's, you know... It's rare to find someone that's really good at writing just jokes that doesn't end up just being hacky. And yeah, usually jokes are born out of a story. So, and he, he gave me all sorts of encouragement. And uh, I'm just gonna, you know, fuck it. I'm gonna toot my own horn. Because I put myself down a lot. A lot. Uh, if there's some negative lining I can find in, in myself... Um, in my life circumstances, then yeah, I'll say it, which is normal. I feel like everybody does that. It's a healthy thing to um, hate yourself to a certain degree, I feel like, but it's a very fine line between healthy and not healthy, and it's it's hard, it's especially in a creative realm, and the people who tend to uh, drift into the creative world tend to have uh, some personal demons, some self hatred. Even if even if they're like total ego cases, usually the people that are total fucking ego cases, they're the ones who are the absolute least confident because they're overcompensating for something. You know, like uh, the worst kind of dumb asshole is a dumb asshole who doesn't understand, who doesn't even realize that he is a dumb asshole. It's kind of like that with some ego cases. It's like, I mean, you're the most damaged because you don't even realize how damaged you are and how you're hurting other people with your, your ego divaness. Um, I'm not talking about anyone in particular here. It's just, you know, I don't, it's just a thing. It's just, you, you know, you've run into people like this in your life, probably. Well, uh, 
yeah, I was talking to Aaron about stand up and he gave me this pep talk, which is great because he said he used to be a coach, uh, if I remember correctly. And, and he gave me the coach talk that I've needed and I'm just going to toot my own horn. Fuck it. I'm going to toot my own horn here. He said, I've got the right look. He said, I, I've got a good look that's palatable for, for Austin. Uh, he said, how old are you? I said, I'm 31. He said, perfect. You're, you're, you're not too young. You have life experience. You have things to talk about. You understand some things. So you're in a good place. You're at a good age range. You've got a great look. You got a great personality. And, uh, and you seem to have the comedic timing. And then as the day progressed, just, just hanging out with him, I'll just fucking tell him stories. Like I tell everybody stories. Like I tell you stories. And he was like, dude, dude, you're fucking made. I don't, don't hesitate. Just go out. Just do stand up. Just do it. Like go out, go sign up for an open mic and just get up there. Um, there's nothing to wait on. And, just jump in because that's the only way you're re- really going to figure it out. You can write stuff on your own, but until you start and regularly start getting back up, get up on the stage, behind the mic, get it in your hands, in your mouth, s- just start doing it, and then you'll figure it out. So yeah, I've been... I, I-, I told myself last year, I-, I wrote out this whole sort of a game plan for 2019 uh, at the end of, of last year, I wrote out a game plan for 2019 and I even wrote out dates. So this is April. I told myself that um, by April, I would be hitting up at least one open mic a week. Well, April's almost over and I have not gone to any open mics. I haven't even signed up. I've gotten close, man. I've gotten close. I've, I've gone on the websites and I've looked up the, the contact info and the days that these various venues have their open mics. And I almost, uh, almost signed up, but then I, I came up with some little excuse to keep myself from doing this different thing. I came up with any, any little excuse like, oh, you know, I'll do it next week because you know what? Today it's, I've, I, I, I've got to, I got to go, you know, make dinner tonight. Or maybe I don't have anything written out yet. Maybe I'll, I'll work on this thing and I'll, I'll go up next week. And then inevitably next week comes along and then uh, some other thing comes up. And then another thing comes up. Sometimes these little things are out of my control. These things are scheduling issues, like auditions for a, for a commercial, for a food delivery app. Uh, or other things that I just make up, like, oh man, I was up way too late last night, I guess I'll, I'll just do it next week, and I just keep procrastinating instead of just going to an open mic, and I need to stop doing that, and a lot of that was just me psyching myself out and procrastinating um, out of fear of change. There's this writer named Stephen Pressfield he has a, a book called The War of Art. Not The Art of War, but The War of Art. And he has a follow-up book. I actually haven't read The War of Art, but I read the follow-up book that I, I can't remember the name of, but I've got it stuffed somewhere deep in the stacks of other um, flotsam and jetsam that's stuffed up underneath my bed. But Stephen Pressfield writes about... Primarily for artists, but this the sentiment can apply for anybody in any field. And the idea is revolves around resistance. 
resistance. Uh, anytime you want to pursue something, anytime you have a goal, be it lofty or sometimes small, but the loftier the goal, the more resistance you get. Well, anytime you try to change things up to break out of the status quo of your life, you will meet with resistance. It's inevitable. You will have your own internal resistance and you may have external resistance. People in your friend group may kind of push back. Maybe they don't know it, but maybe people in your in your circle, in your friends group, or in your in your work circle, in your family circle, people who are close to you, who you're involved with, may, be it consciously or not, push back against the change that you want to make. Maybe you don't want to go hang out and do your fantasy football thing anymore because it gets in the way of say you want to start sculpting, say you want to do stand-up and uh, you want to go to open mics and your fantasy football thing is scheduled on the day that the one open mic in your town is going on. And, um, you know, fantasy football is fun, but maybe you're not into it. Maybe something about stand-up's calling you. Um, I'm not speaking of myself necessarily here. I don't give a fuck about fantasy football. I don't give a fuck about sports. Okay? Okay. But, you know, say you want to break out of that routine and your friends may push back and they'll say, what the fuck? You know, we're relying on you. What's, you're different, man. You're different. You used to hang out and now you've got these, you you know, you're wearing this hat now? Who are you wearing this fucking hat? Like a a fedora? Really? You're wearing a fedora? You think you're fucking, do you think you're, 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 uh, Frank Sinatra? Do you think that you're, uh, who else wears fedoras? Dick Tracy? Who the fuck are you wearing this hat? And you think you're funny? I mean, yeah, come on, come on. That's a lot of work. Just come hang out with us. Come hang out with us. That's resistance. Um, I feel like I'm not doing a great job of describing resistance here. So I'm going to reset, just like Conan Moccasin and his gang. I'm going to reset, and I'll be right back. And we're back. That was a good reset. I had to pee, just so you know. I'm sure you wanted to know about that. So yeah, I was talking to Aaron at this shoot on Monday. He was very encouraging. Talked me up, gave me all sorts of pointers, and mostly it was just the encouragement. The good coach pep talk that I didn't know I needed, but fuck, man. He gave it to me, and I needed it. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. That's it. I'm fucking doing it. No more hesitating. I'm the only one stopping me. That's it. I'm the only one stopping me because anyone else I've told about this has been encouraging me to do, to do stand up, to just start going to open mics. And, uh, well, fuck, I would have done it this week, but, um, the Moon Tower Comedy Festival is going on right now. And I'm kicking myself for not getting one of those passes ahead of time. But it didn't even occur to me until the the day of. And there was a show last night that I almost went to go see. But I just, I didn't go because it was at 11 p.m. And I was already fucking worn out because it's been a, I've been wanting to get out, like I said. And these past two weeks, also, like I said, I got to get out. And it's 
I've just been running around a lot. And I was like, I'm spent. I think it would be best if I just stay home because I'm feeling a little cranky and tired. So I stayed home and I'm glad that I did because I'm feeling well rested today. I had bagels. I had a Nova Lox bagel sandwich today. Delicious, delicious Nova Lox bagel sandwich. If you're ever in Austin and you need to get a good bagel, check out Holy Bagel. It's down on, I believe, William Cannon off of Loop 1 or whatever. These highways in this town have like four different names for each one, so I always get confused. Like, what's the fucking 290? A 183? Which is the toll road? I have no idea where I am. This is a spaghetti highway system. So it's uh, it's easy to get lost. Anyway, yeah, I'm feeling well rested today. And, and uh, you know, I've committed. I'm just going to fucking do it. And I'm telling you right now, next week, next week, by the next episode, I'm going to have an open mic story for you. I'm telling you right now, not... Because I, I do care about your opinion, but uh, I, I'm doing it just to light a fire under my own ass so that I just get out and just do it instead of being afraid and just continuing to hide. Because I feel like stand-up is the outlet that I need. Something about it. Like, I'm getting the calling. Something in my, my subconscious has been speaking to me uh, just it keeps coming up in my mind and all signs keep pointing toward and I get people uh, that I run into at auditions and stuff people like producers and stuff like this saying do you do comedy are you and do you do stand-up or improv and I say no and they're like why the hell not just do it and uh, I'm, I'm not saying that because I think I'm funny I'm saying it because uh, I know I'm funny and extremely humble Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I am humble. <laughs> well, I'm going to bring this all together, but I need to find my way back into the thread because I've got a few different elements working here right now, and they're all leading to this one point. All right. So let's go back to the concert. At the concert, I had just come out of a week of two days of shooting this thing and talking with other people and getting that encouraging pep talk from from Andrew. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, and so I was feeling pretty good about myself, and then I was getting to see Conan Moccasin, and I never, ever thought I was going to get to see Conan Moccasin, but there I was watching the show and um, talking to these other people who are involved in the entertainment industry, and they were really nice uh entertainment slash commercial industry but you know people got to pay the bills uh commercials are a necessary evil for me right now but you know whatever um where am i going with this come on james get your brain together where are you going with this buddy uh, i i gotta i gotta i got my guts ripped out man by some fucking rando after the Conan Moccasin show I hailed a Lyft uh, an LYFT one of those rideshare things if you don't know about it look it up I'm sure you probably know about it I, I hailed a Lyft it was about mm, midnight 30 
Friday morning and I walked over to 10th and Congress so that I was far enough away from any kind of action so I'd be easy to pick up because I don't it's a hassle to have to deal with trying to have your ride find you and then you try to find your ride and then having to coordinate when the ride drives by because you're in the middle of bedlam so if you're in a crazy busy area try to find somewhere a little bit more calm before you hail your Lyft or Uber or whatever else because it'll be easier for both you and them to to get that ride and to get to your destination I hailed this Lyft and it was a van it was this Mazda van it was white looked pretty nice on the outside the guy came picked me up the door opened up and the inside it was clean but dude it was beat to fucking back it was like a completely different vehicle because the outside it looked like a pretty recent within the past 10 years kind of vehicle minivan white clean no dents or anything but the inside just looked like a fucking got beat to hell and back and like i said it was uh it, it, it was clean in that it was uncluttered uh, it did not need a vacuuming but the the faux leather seats were just i, I didn't notice any tears necessarily but it was crackling it, it was aged it had like like human skin when a human ages it, it lost moisture and elasticity the interior of this this minivan and it was like just kind of run down on the inside it was the most run down ride i've ever had on one of these things which took me back i'm not saying that i need to have something that's not totally beat up on the inside it was just noticeable to me it's like usually these rides aren't uh, so beat up but this one was beat up you know whatever on the inside it was beat up and the guy driving it it was a middle-aged dude looked like he was in his i don't know mid to late 50s um, white guy, blonde hair, uh, kind of a, there was something about his vibe. I, I, I don't know what words to use. I can't quite, well, I, I think I can't put my finger on it. And the best way to explain it is to tell you what went down. So I get in, I asked the guy how his night's been. And he said, uh, it's been pretty busy. And I said, oh, on a Thursday night, is it usually busy? He said, yeah, Thursdays are kind of like Fridays, like Thursday through Sunday. Those are a busy four days. People start partying Thursday night. And I get that. You know, when I was in college, I used to start partying Thursday night. So, no, I get it. Um, and I asked him, had he been driving for Lyft very long? And he said, oh, just like a... Not long, just about a month and some change. I said, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah, yeah. I'm on a break right now, so I'm, I'm just driving Lyft and getting some extra cash until the end of May." I said, "On a break from what?" And he said, "Oh, I'm an executive producer of this show. I forget the name of the show. I'm not even sure if it's gone out yet, but uh, it's a travel channel show. He said, he told me it's a travel channel show. Uh, and they, it's like frontier cuisine or something like this. And the dude said, you know, he was an executive producer of it and they were on break from filming right now. They had just finished filming the stuff they'd need for season one. And 
after in June, they will start filming for season two. And so during that break, he was driving for Lyft uh, and just to make some money. He said he was in town from Honolulu um, in that they had been filming in Texas, but next they're going to Colorado. Yada, yada, yada. Executive producer stuff. Uh, I said, like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. And I asked some shows about it. And then when it seemed pertinent to the conversation, or it flowed. I didn't say, oh, I'm an actor. You know, it, it just seemed like a natural place for the conversation to go. I wasn't trying to seek attention from him. It just, it, it was in my head, and I felt like I had to say it, and it seemed like a natural part of the conversation. So I said it. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool. I'm an actor. And he said, what the hell are you doing in Austin? And I told him, well, I came here just... Uh, after college because I didn't really feel mature enough after school. I didn't feel mature enough to go out to New York or LA and not fall flat on my face. So I came here to get some, uh, you know, some life and work experience. And I was kind of torn between here and Chicago because I had college friends moving to both cities. And uh, from my understanding, Austin was a little more involved with, um, film stuff so i chose to came come here and um yeah and and the thing about not being mature enough i was totally right i I didn't tell him this but i i totally came here and fell flat on my fucking face man totally did and um i feel like i'm still catching my stride so and I, I hope I continue to catch my stride. I hope my stride keeps developing and that I keep catching it. You know what I mean? I hope you do. I'm talking to a camera. <laughs> I don't know why I said, do you know what I mean? I'm talking to a camera and a microphone. Do you know what I mean? Dead air. Well, he said, what the hell are you doing in Austin? And I told him what I was doing here. And, uh, and he said, are you what do you want to do? Or do you want to be a host? I was like, a host? Yeah, do you want to be a host or do you want to be like a, an actor actor? And I said, I have, I do not want to be a host. I want to be an actor. And I told him it seemed, you know, pertinent to toot my own horn. I, I, I tell anybody whenever I can, I've, I have a master's degree in theater. And I don't feel like, I say it tongue-in-cheek, because yeah, it is a, a an ego thing to say, I have a master's degree in theater. Where? Where'd you go to school? Oh, God. He said, Where you, where'd you go to school? And I could tell this was already going to be a bad fucking conversation. Because this dude was starting to come off to me like one of those people who tends to turn their nose up at people who say, well, um, Oklahoma State, okay. Um, okay, yeah, okay. Oh, sorry, I didn't go to Juilliard. My bad. I'm sorry I didn't go to Juilliard. My bad. I'm sorry I don't live up to your fucking standards, stranger. Driving a beat-up minivan for Lyft for the month of May. May? Uh, Into the end of month of May. Anyway, I've already told this story on Instagram because I was really pissed about it yesterday. And so I'm trying to salvage it and make it a little bit different. I feel like it was a lot more succinct yesterday. Instagram stories, but whatever. Um, yeah, this guy, 
said, where'd you go to school? I said, Oklahoma State. I got my master's in theater. I came here to do acting stuff. And he said, well, if you want my opinion, God, dude, I didn't want your opinion. But he said, you want my opinion. You need to just go out to L.A. Because being in Austin is not going to do you any good. Any experience, there's not, there's not any experience for you here. It's not going to do you any good there. If you really want to make a go at it, you need to go to L.A. He said, acting is a young person's game. And you're not getting any younger. He didn't ask me how old I was. So I have no idea how old he thought I was. Or how young he thought I was. But he said, you're not getting any younger. So you need to go out there, like, tomorrow. Because it's a young person's game. They take you when you're young. And then you grow old in the industry. And I get that this guy was not trying to be a dick. He was trying to be helpful. I get that. However, his perspective, I feel, uh, was a perspective that, uh, you know, many people have. And it's uh, kind of a, it seemed a bit like a cynical perspective. And I'm not a cynical kind of a person. The cynicism comes from the idea that you have to be young and that, you have to have a certain look and you have to do... I mean, the first thing he asked was, do I want to host? Fuck you. I don't want to host a show. I I don't know. Like, is there... Are there actors out there who, like, studied hard and, like, want to act? Like, want to be artists, artists? Want to hold a mirror up to society? Are there any of those people out there who say, yeah, I want to host, too? I get that a hosting gig may be pretty fucking cushy, but that's not for me, dude. I'm a pretentious artiste. Fuck hosting. If it works for the people, bully for them. Good for them. I don't I don't look down on them. I don't look down on on the job for those people who take hosting jobs and who like them and who want them. I don't look down on them or the job for them. But the job for me? I look down on it. I don't, that's not for me, man. I don't care. You can offer me all the money and job security and everything, but that's just not my thing. That's not my personality. That's not my chemistry, okay? I'm an artiste. I'm a temperamental, egotistical diva, artiste, and, uh, people should, should, um, not assume that I ever want to fucking host a thing, dude. Uh, so he says, you got to be young. You got to go out there when you're young. Because the older you get, the less they're going to want you. You're not going to get anywhere. He said, if you've got the confidence. Oh, 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 I'm skipping it. I'm skipping a part. He also said, uh, you know, I've got all sorts of friends in Broadway I have all sorts of friends who live in L.A. who are involved in film, television. I've got all sorts of friends. You just need to go out there and do it because you're not getting any younger. And if you think you can do it, if you have the confidence, then you should just go out there and pursue it because, you know, there's no reason not to. You got to have the confidence. You got to have the confidence. If you don't have the confidence, then don't do it. But you got to have the confidence. So if you feel confident, and if you if people perceive you as confident, that was another thing. It wasn't just enough that 
I feel confident. It's that other people have to look at me and say, that's a confident guy. So, okay. So by his standard, I'm too old because I'm past 18. I'm too old. Got a bald spot working at the crown of my head. Um, I'm self-deprecating. I'm skinny. I'm not skinny, but I'm thin. I'm svelte. Um, I'm not Brad Pitt, dude. I'm not fucking Brad Pitt. And this is what I've got. I'm, I'm 31 years old. I live in Austin. I've got a goofy disposition and I've got a goofy outlook, but I'm not cynical. I'm an optimist and I defy, I defy the idea that I have to necessarily be 18 to go out to LA and do anything with my life and have any kind of uh, success within the industry. And success to me is just being able to pay all my bills and live comfortably um, solely through money that I get from acting or writing or any kind of artistic endeavor. That's me. Um, I, I defy the idea that you have to be young. That's old. That's old school. That's old guard. That's old thinking. And I don't like that, you know? So I'm sorry I'm not 18. And and he said, you're not getting any younger. Just go out there and do it. If you think you've got confidence and if you think people can perceive you as being confident. I defy that. The idea that people have to perceive you as confident. Confidence, it helps. It helps to, when you're at ease, it helps to put others at ease. That's a large extent of what confidence can serve is just putting other people at ease with you being at ease. But there are plenty of fucking, like, show me an artist. Show me a fucking artist who's super confident. And I'll show you someone who's probably not that talented and probably, or, or maybe confident, uh, now, but they weren't confident when they started out. Um, Artists are largely very self-deprecating people, dude. So, you know, and, and, and to try to put on some air that I feel would make people think that I'm confident. I don't, I'm not down for that either. That's, it's hacky. It's dishonest and hacky and people can smell it. Audience can smell hack. All right. Let's see how much time I've got here. Man, I always get to rambling longer than I intended to. Um, I'll be right back. I need to get some water, all right? I'm back. For those of you watching, yeah, yeah. I'm not wearing a shirt right now because it's getting pretty damn warm in this apartment. Maybe that's why I'm having a hard time keeping a solid through line on the story. I'm just sort of meandering, I feel like. So back to the story. All right. Go to Conan Moccasin. Feeling really good feeling encouraged, emboldened, feeling like I am in the right place. Because I, I, I often have this fear that I am delusional and that I do need to be living in, in, in Los Angeles and that uh, I'm wasting my time in Austin because there's not enough work for me here that I know about. Um, and uh, 
yeah, then I'm just spinning my wheels and utterly, ultimately setting myself up for failure. After getting the encouragement from Aaron and the encouragement from uh, this lady, Allie, who I also worked with on Monday, um, I was feeling pretty good about myself. And then I went to the, the concert and I was talking to the blonde lady that I'd worked with before and her girlfriends and, and the blonde ladies said I was really good at my job and you know I was just feeling really good and I felt like you know maybe I am on the right path maybe maybe my plan for coming here and doing things in a certain way and following this this uh, game plan that I've laid out for myself um, kind of in a broad sense when I first moved here and then in a very solid sense at the beginning of the year like I said earlier about how I outlined how I wanted things I wanted to do this year um, to help my career and to help me grow as an individual and as an artist as well. After the Conan Moccasin show, I was feeling great. And then I got picked up in the beat-up minivan by this supposed um, executive producer of this this show, this travel show that's about like cuisine, trying out cuisine from around different uh, rural areas in different states and in different countries. And uh, this guy, he was very much in send mode and he was very much of the old school of like, you know, be confident. He, he had a very like a square kind of a vibe. He was definitely talking like a suit saying, oh, 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 even when I told him that I studied theater, he said, what plays have you been in? And I told him the plays I was in, and I tried to form the sentences as clearly as I could. And I told him, I was like, man, I just came from a concert, so my brain is mush. I was stoned to the bone. There was a lot of smoking at the Conan Moccasin show. I mean, even if you didn't smoke, there's no way you were walking out of that place not high. Um, well... You know, I, I told this dude the fucking plays I was in, and I, I was in some pretty notable plays in school, and he just was not impressed. I, you know, I would tell him, and, you know, looking at him, because I was sitting in the back, but sitting at a kind of angle where I could see his face, I could see enough of his face that I could see his expressions, and he just, he was just not impressed. It was almost, not quite as snooty, but almost as snooty as the the guys running the Denver Conservatory that I, I tried to get into before I got into grad school at Oklahoma State. Um, he just, he was not impressed. Um, oh, you weren't in Angels in America? Okay. Just kind of like, oh, who are you? Where are you from? Um, who do you know? What plays have you been in? Oh. Well, you're not getting any younger. And you just need to go out to LA because that's where you need to be. You're not doing yourself any good being here. There's nothing for you here. And, uh, yeah, if you feel confident enough, just go out there and do it. And, um, yeah, that just kind of blew up all of the good feelings I was having after the Conan Moccasin show. Because I was right back to... Um, I was like, this is, well, this guy's a, he's an executive producer. He, and, and he knows people and, and Broadway and, and other things. And 
Clearly, he, he has a more intimate understanding of the industry, and surely uh, his word, his, his opinion must be more on point than my instinct, than my intuition, uh, than my logic and reasoning. Surely he must be more on point than the other people who, who, who have been talking me up this past couple of weeks. Um, and so I was feeling like shit. So it was Thursday night. So I got the ride back on midnight 30, Friday morning. So I wake up, do my, my day job duties, and I just cannot stop thinking about the guy. That supposed executive producer driving a beat-up minivan for Lyft, getting some extra money for a few months, two or three months, while he waits to film the next season of his, his travel show on a channel that strongly features travel. And just... It, it gutted me. I, I could not stop thinking about it. This is Saturday right now. I'm recording this on Saturday the 27th of April 2019, currently 7 p.m. And yesterday, Friday, I was gutted. And that's what took me to Instagram because I just needed to tell the story. And so I told the story on on, on Instagram and my my regular peeps, my my friends and couple fans i actually have a couple fans which is fucking crazy but <laughs> like i mean fans as in like people i haven't met but um giving me encouraging messages because i told them the story like you know this guy said all this stuff and it just felt like shit like maybe i'm just fucking delusional and just wasting my time but the thing is just go out just and i think about it just go out there man just go out to la but how many fucking people have done that? How many people in my exact situation have just gone out there and who had a, couldn't find representation, are just working their day jobs, and, and, and maybe they could find representation, but the city's so expensive and they don't have the credits where they could just not really get a, a job that offers flexibility. You know, they got to pay rent, so they have to have a job. And they have to work the job enough that they can pay rent, but the job gets in the way of going to auditions. So they can't even go to the auditions they they get. It's a problem. I mean, that's that's a problem I had here in Austin when I started out. It was fucking tough to find my footing here. And the idea of doing that, again, in a city where I, I don't really know anybody, and I, I'd have to go through finding representation again and finding a way to, you know pay even more money I'm, I'm barely surviving here and i've got probably one of the cheapest apartments in austin and i split it with another person so and i'm barely you know scraping by um so with what money am i supposed to move out there and then survive and not just fucking flounder I, you know i feel like i'm building stuff up here in austin and i feel like it's working and i feel like it's something that i don't necessarily be, need to be in a big city especially with uh, internet connectivity these days um and 
so I, I shared this story on Instagram and I got messages from some very lovely, encouraging people saying, you know, fuck that guy. Because I was saying, should I really listen to what some random supposed executive producer driving a fucking van for Lyft? I mean, the guy, the guy lives in Hawaii and he's in Austin right now driving Lyft for money that I, I, I guess he needs because I, I doubt that he would be driving if he didn't need the money. And looking back, the first thing he said to me when I got in there, I, I, when I asked him about how his night was going was, well, I was hoping to be done by now, but they keep giving me rides. That was the first fucking thing he said to me. And I was like, oh, uh, well, I'm sorry to, you know, add to your inconvenience and he said, oh, no, 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 you're fine, you're fine. It's just, they keep adding rides. And I was like, "Are can you not just, like, clock out whenever? And he said, no, I've been trying to. It's just that uh, Lyft keeps automatically adding rides, and you're one of them. I was like, okay. So that was kind of a dick thing on his side to say to a person to begin with anyway. It's like, oh, great, another one. Oh, you need a ride? Okay, fine. I'm like, dude... Come on, really? <laughs> you couldn't maybe say that another way, but... You know, I was thinking, should I really listen? Should I really let myself get so upset about some random fucking guy? And, and who the fuck is he? He's telling me I need to go out there and that, you know, I'm not getting any younger. And that I just need to go out there because I'm wasting my time here. And it's fucking absurd that I'd even think about coming out to, to Austin. It's absurd that I would try to get any kind of fucking experience. It's absurd that I'd try to make any kind of fucking credit. Or uh, or any kind of connections and networking with people. Despite the fact that there's a lot of fucking crossover between here and New York and LA. Mostly a lot of crossover between Austin and LA. Which is the whole fucking reason I came here to begin with. It's not as so fucking oversaturated here as it is out on the coast. It's not as dismal of prospects. Maybe it is as dismal of prospects. I don't know. But, I, I you know, I, I came here because it seemed like a better bet. You know, I was making an, uh, an educated guess. I was making uh, a, a researched, a well-researched gamble by coming here. And so far, I think it's it's okay. I think it's okay. Yeah. Maybe I may not be out there. Maybe I may not be getting uh, whatever. I, I, I don't know that I would be doing any better on the big coasts. I honestly don't know that. Um, and, you know, fuck that guy. <laughs> and that's what my friends were saying to me on Instagram. They were saying, you know, fuck that guy. You're doing fine. You're doing fine. That dude's just negative and he just wanted to listen to himself talk. And if I look back... I can see things the way he was being a little bit upturned nose with me, the way he was being dismissive, the way he had a lot to say about a lot and knew about a lot. And, you know, fuck that guy. He's not in L.A. He's living in Hawaii and driving fucking Lyft. Like, come on, come the fuck on, dude. Who are you? Like, get off your high horse, dude. Meet me on a human level because he was not meeting me on a human level. He was talking at me. Not with me, not to me. He was talking at me. And then offering unsolicited advice that just gutted me utterly. But, you know, I, I do need to 
change some things because what I've been doing, it just hasn't been working out for me. I, I've not been uh, fulfilling a need that I that I have right now. And I feel like that need can only be fulfilled by going to open mics. And yeah, sure, it's open mics, but I feel like there's something there. Uh, I feel like... You know, I've I've always wanted to do comedy, but why haven't I fucking been doing comedy? I haven't been doing the open mics just because uh, um, a million different excuses that I came up with. And I haven't been doing improv because uh, all I know of is the only way you get in is through classes. And I can't really afford classes and I don't want to have to get a second day job to be able to afford improv classes. So open mics are the way to go and i i something tells me that's just the fucking key that i need right now to just i I just want to work man i just want to be involved in creative endeavors and i want to make friends i want to network i want to be active i want to be alive in uh in in things and um so yeah i just need to do it right and maybe i do that for a while and see what see where that goes um i'm getting hungry i'm getting very hungry so i'm going to end this episode here right now next week i for the next episode i'm i'm gonna have a guest for the next episode man i'm gonna have a guest all right so stay cool kitties see you next time bye